Hello there. I'm Ryan Woods, a Spartan god. This is my own mind. You're listening to the I'm a Spartan podcast, Scott Knowles. And I'm... What the fuck am I doing this, man? This is fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? I'm doing these favors for these bums? Nah, fuck this. I'm out here. Katie, bring me some wine. I'm fucking out. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. I know it's been a while since I've done an episode, but I uh, hope everybody had a good Christmas. Hope everybody didn't gain as much weight as I did over the holidays. I'm, like, struggling to get rid of these pounds that I've packed on. I'm working on it, though. I got to get ready for March will be my first OCR race, but I'm doing a couple of trail races before then, so, yeah, I kind of... After the Carolina Ultra, I kind of just threw caution into the wind and just ate whatever the fuck I wanted to for about a month and a half. But uh, anyway, um, I want to send a huge thank you out to uh, my friend and uh, listener, Kenny West. He he sent me an an Amazon gift card um, over the holidays, and uh, I just want to know I really appreciate that. And uh, I've enjoyed uh, hanging out with him at the races during 2021. Hope I see him in 2022 as well. On this episode, uh, me and Dustin Livingood talk about the 2022 series and kind of the way, you know, things have been going with Spartan and how some topics are kind of looked at. Um, you might not agree with some of our views that we talk about, but it, it's, it's just me and him talking. You know, this might be our view or his view, and it might change over time, but this is just the way we felt as we talked about this subject. And uh, I hope you I hope you enjoy listening. I feel like we had some good takes and uh, some good information. And and uh, there were some good stories in here as well. Um, Dustin had a really good answer to a question towards the uh, end of the episode. And I hope you uh, stick around and listen to the whole episode. Um, but anyway, here it goes. Dustin living good. What is going on today, brother? Oh, not much. You know, just another day in paradise. Right. So, yeah. Dustin, how old are you, man? Actually, I just turned the ripe old age of 44 just a few days ago. 44. All right. 44. <laughs> so, if anybody remembers or not, but I had Dustin on on episode 49. That was a long time ago. 2018. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah. That's how long ago since we've since we've talked. I mean, we always talk when we see each other at the races because we're bros. That's right. But uh, a lot's changed since then. <laughs> a and, lot's uh, changed. Uh, yeah, man. So, but we're just going to get into you know kind of what they're doing in 2022. But you know, everybody knows that. Well, it, those who don't know, Dustin Living Good is a painter for a living, right? Yeah, house painter. Yep. Right. So anytime you stop at the railroad tracks and you see like trains going by and all that graffiti on there, 90% of that shit Dustin did when he was 15. <laughs> yeah, I was good with spray cans. <laughs> but uh, so, man, like what is like the most ridiculous thing like 
a customer's like said or wanted you to do or had a complaint like what's a wild story that's happened like in your job man let me think um fortunately we don't have too many complaints um we're i I do a lot of high-end painting which you think we would have complaints all the time but um i really enjoy what i do and we get to do a lot of really amazing things um so i get to do like a lot of restoration work right uh, which is a lot of fun and uh we had a actually it was one of my first jobs that i took on was a um, restoration of a hundred year old bank oh wow and they wanted to find out um uh there was stenciling supposedly on the walls way back in like 1910 um and they wanted to find out what the stenciling was and I tried stripping areas down. I tried all this stuff trying to find it because there's 100 years of paint right. on these walls. And plus, uh, they put different floors in. They sealed areas off and all this other stuff. And I spent like two weeks. I could not figure it out. Couldn't get, couldn't get nothing. So finally, I went to the bank, told them, said, hey, I can't figure this out. I don't know. Uh, we're just going to kind of push forward and just get the walls painted. Well, before we paint any wall, we take pole sanders across them, which are like nine-inch wide, uh, flat um, pole sanders. And right. then you put a piece of uh, sand, sandpaper on it, and you sand the walls. Well, whenever we did that, all the stenciling came right out of the walls. And we stood back and looked, and you could see everything that was originally put on that bank 100 years prior because the paint where – all the stenciling was was about two to three mils thicker than what the rest of the paint on the wall was. Oh wow! And the pole sanders brought it all right back out. Found out where the stuff was. Took some hand sandpaper and sanded down through all the layers. Uh, actually um, uh, exposed all the stenciling in an area so we were able to get colors and all that and uh, move forward with the rest of the job. So. And that shit might have had like that might have been like lead based paint, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of lead based paint. Yeah, pretty much anything pre seventy seven, seventy eight, you can pretty much guarantee is a little heavier than modern paint. So do you have to like wear like mask and all, but to prevent from like breathing that crap in? Yeah, you're you're supposed to. Um, <laughs> I think that's why painters are always a little off. Uh, some are more off than others. Um, depending on the era, whenever you were, were painting. Um, but yeah, I, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't wear a mask as much, which I should have. Um, and I think I developed a lot of issues from that. So now that I'm older, I definitely wear it. I try to push it on younger guys that paint for me and actually Colby, uh, he paints. So, right. How is Colby doing? He's doing well. Actually, uh, we just had our first run together in over six months oh, wow. on my birthday. Because what did he have, like a knee surgery done or something like that? Yes, he actually tore his ACL and his MCL. Wow. Yeah, he, uh, and of all things, kickball. Kickball. In, in gym class. And the best part was he wasn't even kicking the damn ball. He was he was catching a ball, planted his foot, and went to turn and throw, oh, and everything man. just blew up. And how many Spartan races has he ran and never had an injury? <laughs> uh, Colby, my goodness, by the time he was fourteen, between the ages of twelve and fourteen, I think he ran eight races. Yeah, until um, he was old enough to run them by himself, and then he's probably tacked on another sixteen yeah. to twenty 
on top of that. And then he gets hurt so, playing kickball. In gym class, playing <laughs> kickball. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's on the road back. Uh, finally had our first run outside. Uh, went really well. Just the cool. uh, fitness is lagging a little bit. But I'll tell you what, though, that, that boy got top heavy. Um, this whole time that he's been off from running, he's been lifting. Oh, yeah? And, <clears throat> oh, yeah, he weighs more than me now. He's up up top. He's a, he's a brick shit house. Right on. So... He's going to be coming back and beating his dad at Spartan races. Yes, he will. And that is going to be a great day for me. I hear you. Yeah, I know it was fun because I think he was at Palmerton and he was heckling us when we were going because he was hurt then. And I remember him heckling us when we were going up that long-ass climb at the beginning of the race. It was funny. Mm-hmm. I forget what he yeah. said, but it was funny as shit. Oh, that, that was probably 2018 or 19. No, it was, um, the, it was this year, wasn't it? Uh, or 2021 well not unless if he wasn't racing it was this year yeah it was this year because oh, okay because he was riding the sky lift and oh, just that's right yeah hollering <laughs> shit at us and heckling us while we were going up the hill me and michael i think yeah <laughs> that was good times good times you did good at palmerton too didn't you didn't you podium both days uh no podium second day uh first day um i had a case of the yips actually uh going down the mountain i don't know what it was it was one of those days that uh that saturday going down the mountain i just did not feel uh brave and i held back and then uh sunday i was so mad at myself saturday i was like sunday i'm like i don't care i'm gonna fly and ended up podium um on sunday actually almost took second but damn tyler oh yeah that's right that's right i remember that that was a cool finish because I, yeah. I was following y'all all the way from the bucket all the way to the finish, and that was awesome, you know. Because yeah, I was, was cheering both we of y'all on, because uh, both Robert of y'all are my friends. And, uh, Tyler ended up catching me on the bucket, and then we were like neck and neck coming into the finish. So Right, because what was it, monkey bars or was it the rig? I can't remember. I think that it was, was monkey, monkey bars. bars at the very end. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool sprint finish. That was really neat. Actually, he just popped in here for my birthday. I think it was on Sunday, the day after. He was coming through from a hunting trip and surprised me. No shit. And stopped and, yeah, yeah, because I live r- right off the PA Pike here. Oh, and yeah. uh, he, he stopped in, and actually we were talking about that that race. And, and I told him, I said, you know, that race, if that finish was uphill, I would have smoked him. But <laughs> for God's sakes, the kid is an 800-meter runner, and then we both came off of that rig at the exact same time, right. and it was downhill Eight eight hundred meters, and I thought, oh shit, and <laughs> just got smoked. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a cool finish, man. You always like seeing the the finishes like that, man. It's, yeah, especially with a friend too. That's just that's just a good day of racing, man. Yes, it is, and it's stuff that you don't forget. And I mean, it's one of those finishes, and I still have I have a cool little video of it. As soon as we cross the finish line, I'm dead over, and he said something, and I pissed on it smacked him and pushed him away and we started <laughs> laughing and hugged and that's that's what racing is you're exactly right man that's that i mean it's like you said man I, i'd rather you know have a bad day racing with friends or over a good day racing with people i don't know you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean that's just i mean to me it's all about the friends and the community man and just going out there and pushing yourself and having a good time you know, if anything is going to mess that up, I don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, when you boil what we do down to the essence of what we do and the reason we do for exactly what you said, I think is what it is. I it's agree, man. For that feeling with friendship, fellowship, and just creating stronger bonds. Right. I mean, the the, the probably the, the biggest thing, I mean, the race is one thing, and it's great, but to me, it's it's the fellowship, you know, everybody meeting, hanging out before, hanging out after and talking about the race and everybody sharing that common bond that we just suffered and kind of, you know, binded together more as friends because we've all shared the same suffering. And I just think that's, this is an awesome little pact, you know, that happens. Yes. Yep. And the cool thing is, is it bridges every gap. It doesn't matter where you've come from, who you are, how old you are, what color you are, nothing. There is nothing that will separate that. Yeah. It's almost like there's a purity. That's what's to sweet it. about it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. So, Dustin, refresh me. When did you start? What year did you start racing? Oh, my goodness. Um, the very first race I did back in, very first OCR was in 2013. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a local race, and I think my very first Spartan was 2014. Right, I knew it was early, and you was on that you was on that Spartan Team Challenge show too, right? The second season, yeah. or were you on it both seasons? No, I was on second season. Right. Yep. Were you sad when they said they weren't going to do a third season? Honestly, yes, and not sad because of not being able to do it. Sad because we didn't get to play out what we should have. Uh, there's unfinished business. Right. And it's, I don't like losing. And, <laughs> and we, uh, we just, we had a really bad draw on that last race. And we just hit things that there's things that you can overcome, but with our team, as small as what we were, the race that we ended up rolling and getting was very, um, it was a heavy race. So a lot of the heavy, heavy things, and it just, we gave it everything we had. We just didn't have just enough. Right. And you take one or two of those things, those chess pieces and move them around. And that show would have been a completely different show. Right. So that I think is the biggest thing that's burnt me since we finished that, that show. So hmm. I know it looked fun regardless, you know, of how good the show Absolute did, blast. you know, but, like, didn't they shoot the whole thing in, like, a week or something like that? We shot the whole thing. Like, the actual shooting was in, like, two days. Wow. Yeah, we, we were down there for a week. We went ahead of time for all the interviews and uh, wardrobe and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, those, like, pre-taped parts where you sit and I always called it, like, when you talk to God. Yeah. <laughs> because they sit you in this little tiny room and they have this light that is so bright that you can't see anybody behind it and you're supposed to talk to it. Right. And I felt like I was talking to Jesus <laughs> and I failed. I did not do that well. <laughs> <laughs> or is the lead paint kicking in? It was the lead paint kicking in. I wish I could blame it on that. <laughs> well, man, if, if it makes you feel any better, I don't remember what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because a lot of it they didn't put on because I couldn't get it out. <laughs> <laughs> but so, because y'all shot, they shot it at night too. So I mean, you were probably already kind of like loopy anyway, right? Because it was like in oh, the middle was, of the night. It was and they, crazy. And they did it. At, well, was it in was it in Atlanta or Sonoya, Georgia, where they shot The Walking Dead? I know it was one on, the, on one of their sets. Yes, it was. If you followed The Walking Dead, it was 
the season where Terminus Terminus was, was the Cannibals. Yeah. yeah, where the railroad station. Right. Where they had that camping where they ate people. Um, <clears throat> right there. It was really cool because you see the bullet holes they'd have in the glass and stuff and, yeah. and all that. And, I bet that was cool. It was. It was it was tough though because uh we were the two races that we ran, uh our first race was um at ten o'clock that night. And <clears throat> get you out there, they get you lined up and you gotta do all the cheering and jumping and then they try to pitch you up against the teams beside you to make it and do all that stuff for the camera. Right. And then they make you do a false start. That you're supposed to all right, now we're gonna count down, everybody take off, but only go out about 50 meters and then stop and turn back around. <laughs> so we did that, and then we get back to the start line. They said, all right, now, here we go. And they hit the thing, and it's like, oh, shit, we got to go. Yeah. And and took off, and we ended up, we did really well in the first race. Right. Um, and finished that. We had some interviews, uh, a few of us, and we got stuck in a interview thing, waiting forever, freezing. And our second race was at like 4 in the morning. And oh, Lord. that was, that was tough. I bet that was really tough, especially being yeah. up awake all night. I bet that was tough. Yeah. You're awake all night. You were soaking wet and cold. Um, got back to the, I don't know if it's called the craft tent or whatever it is, where you go back to try to get something to eat and stuff. As soon as we walked in, they're ripping our clothes off of us, taking the laundry, washing that, getting new clothes to us, huh. and then send us back out. To make it look like <laughs> it was a different day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, then they put us on the start line. They're like, all right, you got to – and then you're trying to get revved back up and ready to go again, and that that was tough, uh, especially at 4 in the morning. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, neat experience. I uh, got to meet some amazing people. Um, I was so fortunate to be able to take my family down. Oh, awesome. <laughs> where my kids got to come in during the filming and see it and all that. So that was a, a thing that hopefully they'll, they'll remember for a long time. And So, yeah. I know Kevin Donahue was on your team, and I know the other girl, but I can't remember her name, and there was somebody else. Yeah, actually, it was Kevin, and at that time, his girlfriend, Liz. Liz, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, Liz, and then uh, Jody Fleming was our other girl. Oh, cool. Yep, and the shame of it was I was the tallest guy on the team. I almost didn't make it on. How tall are you, Jess? <laughs> I'm actually 5'6", but we kind of shrunk it down to 5'5", five five for, to for the it, show. To make it sound better for TV. Yeah, that, yeah. That, whole, that whole inch helped, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the the crazy thing was, I think our entire team in the first race, our entire team uh, didn't weigh more than two people on one of the teams that we were going head to head, head with. Right. So it was, it was crazy. I think our entire team was under like 450 pounds. Oh, wow. Huh. So, yeah. <sighs> well, Dustin, man... I thought of you when I wanted to bring somebody on to talk about, you know, the series for 2022, because I feel like you would have like a good perspective, you know, because you ran elite before there was age group. And then, you know, you, you dabbled in age group when it arrived and now you've pretty much transitioned all the way to elite fully now. Right. Yeah. So, well, part. yeah, it's, Sort of, yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm one of those odd, anomaly, those kids without a home kind right. of thing. Um, yeah, because the year that I turned 40 and was ready for the Elite Masters is whenever they yanked the Elite oh, Masters. Oh, that was a bummer, wasn't it? 
Yeah, because I was like drooling at the mouth. I'm like, okay, time to make some money. And actually, because I was just sniffing top tens and that um, during the regular races, right. when I was 39. And then uh, 40, yeah, that's when they quit that. And then the age group came up. And I ran the uh, first two years of age group. So that would have um, been 2018 and 2019, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, because I chased the series in 2019. Yeah. You did it, but didn't you do it in 2018? No, you did it in 2019. Because I remember, because 2019 was the year we went to Alabama, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah, that was the year we went to Alabama because uh, in 2018, the series for age group wasn't really even a thing yet. Right. Because <clears throat> it was the first year of age group and it was they were still kind of like testing the waters a little bit with it. Yeah, because that was the year that they had like 10-year age groups because it went 30 to 39 and 40 to 49. Yep. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think I ran the first age group race they had, which was Greek Peak, and actually that's where I met Cole. And Cole uh, raced there. <clears throat> that was the first uh, I got to meet him. And uh, oh, I'm trying to forget who else was was there. Paul uh, Traher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did really good too. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Yep. So, um, so how do you feel? About, you know, 2022, they have, I mean, more or less, they have a series for the elite and they have a series for the national series. And all of these races aren't on, I mean, some of them are on the same date, same race, but some of them aren't. I mean, how does, how do you feel about all that? Uh, well, that's a very layered question because it's right. There's so many different things going on with these two different series. Um, and yeah, the, the first thing is it's crazy that they're, I mean, it's, I guess, a good thing for the top pros that they are splitting it a little bit. Um, but the top pros aren't what drive this sport right now. Um, I agree. It's all the average Joes. Um, and not just age groupers. I mean, age groupers. We make a pretty large portion of it, but the open class right. and getting all the fresh new people in, that's what really pays for the sport and drives the sport, I think. I mean, I don't know for sure, but it's I'm got just to. guessing. I mean, it's the yeah, numbers are what people. drive the sport, you know. Yeah. And the so numbers are in the open. Splitting that, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, uh, and, and plus, it's really hard to tell yet because we don't know for sure what's going to go on with the um, – um, uh, race in Jacksonville and stuff. I guess there still is going to be a elite heat on Sunday, from what I've heard. From my understanding, there's going to be an elite heat that Saturday and Sunday, but it's just going to be you know your your average race weekend elite heat where it pays the yeah. normal payout. You know, with the five hundred dollars for the first place. Okay, so they are still doing payouts. Um, now, to my knowledge, I don't know about that, but from what I've heard. They've already said that they were going to do that in Canada, and Canada's American-owned, so I'm assuming Good. yes. Okay. So, yeah, then that – if they are doing the payouts and elites and stuff, then that really makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, then that shouldn't change things too much. Uh, but the That's big thing is, is hopefully it brings more of a spotlight onto the age group racers. Right. 
now with their own with their own series <clears throat> and they can actually get some notoriety um because that's something that we have a lot of great racers there's a lot of great runners in the age groups um that with a little bit of guidance a little bit more push and another year or so of racing um can be amazing athletes in the pro pro ways um so hopefully this will help nurture and bring a little bit more up and start boosting the uh, pro wave numbers. So, um, you know, we, we've got the elite series and the elite series is uh, a Sunday race that starts in on San Luis Obispo. I guess I'm saying that right. It's a super. The next race is a Sunday race, a big bear and super on May the 15th. Uh, the third one is in, uh, it's in Mexico. What do you, how do you say that? I have no idea. I just know it's closer to South America or Central I would say Ahusco, maybe it's yeah. a beast. And Saturday, July the 9th in Utah is a beast. And Saturday, October 22nd in Blue Mountain is a beast. So, which is way late. <laughs> It is really late. I mean, you got to think your last race is July, and then your next one is going to be the 22nd. Yeah. It makes me wonder if they're going to do like they did in 2021 and have, like, the national championship, you know, kind of like they did Tahoe, but Big Bear was after Tahoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes me yeah. wonder if that they're going to do that play there, and that would make that would make good sense. you got July – September they do that and then October you know you got a good spread in between those months yeah uh, what date was the October what did you o say 22nd October 22nd okay at least it's later uh, because yeah if it was in early then that would really be screwing a lot of guys for uh, worlds yeah because uh, in, in worlds usually late September yeah, yeah it's usually the last weekend Right. Okay. So the national series or the age group series, it starts early. It's February 27th in Jacksonville, the home of OCR nowadays. <laughs> the home of OCR. Man, I'm yeah. so tired of doing races at WW. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but they just keep on taking that series back there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good venue, but it's just a flat, muddy venue. And the best part about it is like some of the technical running. And then running in the motocross park. I mean, you know. The next race the next race is the same weekend as the elite race, but it's on Saturday and it's a beast for the age group. And then the elite is the Sunday super. So if you wanted to, you could do both of those races. You could do one elite and you could do one as age group. Yeah. And Sunday at Big Bear, it's the same day, so you would have to choose whether you're going to run age group or elite. Saturday at Utah is the beast, just like it is for the elite. And then you got Asheville, July 31st, is the last uh, race for the age group national series, and it's a sprint on Sunday. Yeah. So you got to have four elite races out of the five to count for the points and you only have to have three races in the age group series to get your total points for the series. Yep. Yep. So if you wanted to, 
You could do both of these. Yeah, and that's one of those things if you wanted to. But if how much money do you think you get wrapped up in doing both of those series? Well, I mean, I'm just speaking for the – you know, you got these hardcore guys out here. They chase yeah. the age group series every every year. You know, you're talking about you would have to go to one more one more race pretty much. Well, I take that back. You'd have to go to three more races because you'd have to do Jackson, Asheville, you know, I mean, in order to do this. Yeah. So you just need two extra pretty much. Yes. And you'd, so at the end, you would have to either, you would have to either choose to go to Mexico or Canada to finish out your elite races. But it could be done. It could be done, but we'll, we'll break the series down in two different now with the, um, the the elite series. That is so different right now because with it being three beasts, two supers. Right. Uh, what is it? Three of them at elevation. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be Utah, Big Bear, and the Mexico one. The Mexico yeah. one is no joke. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, yeah, I heard it's going to be, be the hardest one. Crazy. Yeah. Mm. So you have three of them. I mean, almost well, all of them except for I don't know about the San Luis Pisbo. I've never run that. Me neither. Venue. I've never um, run any of those venues for the Elite spot. Series. Yeah. <clears throat> so, but when you look at the series in that aspect, there's major flags for me looking at it as just an average person. Yeah, because me and you are kind of poor. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of poor, and we are still grounded in the real world. Right. And right now, things still aren't settled yet with COVID and oh, everything absolutely. that's going on. And you're banking two of your races in California. Exactly. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is now you're banking on international travel for right. at least one race. You have to travel internationally for one race. And and which, some people's can probably do that, but like some people's work might not say, "Hey, if you go out of the country, you have to quarantine before you can come back to work." I could see some jobs doing that. Yeah. And uh, and it doesn't matter which way you go, whether it's Canada or Mexico, because I think Mexico would be the easiest to get down. Right. Because uh, I'm not sure if uh, Canadian border, do they require a vaccine to get into Canada? Uh, I think so. I want to say um, they were talking, I think, I can't, I can't remember which uh, podcast I was listen to, listening to, but I want to say you had to have a vaccine card to go to a lot of restaurants in Canada. That's what I thought. So that's going to really, I mean, there's still a lot folks out there that aren't on board with this. So that's going to kind of hurt that one. The Mexico one, it's fine to get down there, but as an average person and like me and you both, we have day jobs. We have to survive. So we have to work 40, 50 hours a week to be able to afford to do what we do. What happens if we go to Mexico, we make the trip, go down there. We have to get tested to get back into the U S what happens if you pop a hot test on the way back in and you have to quarantine in Mexico for two weeks or until you test negative to get back into the U.S. Right. Then what? Yeah. I mean, I, that's a big, like, hmm, not mm-hmm. only cost a lot of money, but then now here you are, you're, you're gone away from your family for however long. You have to support 
and provide for them yet too. And you can't be gone if you're not expecting to be gone that long. And there's a there's a lot of question marks. Right. I mean, I agree, and I I I doubt if people do it, it'll be a a select few. I'm sure. Yes. But let's say if you were an age group racer and somebody did this, would that piss you mm-hmm. off? No. No, me neither. You see, that's <laughs> this is the subject where we're probably gonna, or I will probably ruffle some feathers or hurt some people's feelings. That's fine, man. I only have like ten listeners. It'll be fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like being that person though but if you're worried about somebody walking up and taking your spot on the podium you don't belong there i mean that's the harsh reality of it i, s- I swear to you man that would that that is almost words right out of my mouth too is the way i feel i totally agree with you you hate to have to say it to somebody and say it to their face or say it in public but it's the truth in our sport this is earned not given and right. I don't care what age group it is. I don't care what race it is, wherever. If I go and I race an age group race and Woodsy decides to come out and run age group, well, guess what? I'm running against Woodsy. That's right. Think I'm going to beat him? Hell no. Am I going to sit and cry about it that he came and took my podium spot? No, because it wasn't mine if he's there. That's right. I mean, and, and, I, and I agree with you. Totally, 100%. And if Woodsy's in the same heat that I'm in, he better get ready for some heckling because I'm going to give it to him as long as I can see him, <laughs> which won't be long. Yeah. But, you know, I was reading, you know, on some of these posts, like all these age group racers, and I'm an age group racer, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't hang with the elite field anymore. Maybe every blue moon I might would do well in an elite ultra when everybody's having a bad day and I'm having a really, really good day. But... It's, I mean, I, I guess it's one of those things where they, they look at the people like every, they, they look at the whole elite field is like they're professionals and that's not, that's not right. I mean, I would say that you could only call a select few in this sport. I would call a pro, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and I'm one of those people that I, have, I bounce back and forth. I am an age grouper any way that I look at it. I'm 44 years old. I mean, I, am, I was never a, a high-level runner. I was never on any Olympic teams. I, was never, I wasn't even a cross-country runner. Right. So I never even ran. I mean, the furthest I ran in high school was 100 meters. I mean, and then in, in soccer. I mean, that, that, that's it. <clears throat> so when it boiled down to it, I'm an age grouper striving – to catch the heels of some of these upper echelon guys. Right. But when you really look at it, you really, when you sit and you start popping names in your head of a group of guys that are usually somewhat within range of each other at any race, you're looking at 15 people. Right. That's it. And then there's the chase pack. Okay. And that's, I worked my way into that chase pack this year. (laughs) <laughs> that I can actually chase into that pack to where last year, the year before last, I was in that tweener area between the chase pack and the second chase pack. Right. And it's amazing in, in, in the pro waves, that's, it's not like age, age group, age group racing, to be honest with you, 
is a completely different style. And I mean, you've known if you jump back and forth, um, you run scared from the gun because you have no No idea idea. where people are at. You could lose sight of people because there's so many people out there, so many things going on. You don't know who's doing burpees, especially if you have to do burpees somewhere. Then all of a sudden, everything, you're just running absolutely frightened the whole time. Right. It's where in the pro wave, you, for me, a lot of times you just, you hit this law where you're by yourself for miles. Right. And you know exactly where you're at. I'm sitting in fifth place. I know there's this guy and this guy in front of me, probably by a minute and a half. And I know about a minute behind me, there's four guys there. Right. That's it. And if you're one of those people, you know, run an age group and, you know, you want to get the one, one, one position, it's it's like you said, you don't know. You have to do the best you can, as fast as you can the whole time. If that's that's your goal to get that, you know. Yep. Yep. And I think that's why the age group is such a good place for a lot of people to start and to work their way up through because that mentality isn't in the elite heat as much right? because there's a lot of guys that once you fall in that rhythm, you get in that place, you settle very easily because you do, I will say you have to push so hard to keep up with that front pack. I mean, it's, it's crazy how hard you have to push. Um, and that's, I've had a hard time finding that hard of a push in the age group races, but at the same time is the mental edge you have to have to stay in that pain for as long as what you have to. It's easy to say, I can hang right in this spot. I'll finish fifth place, fourth place. It's not bad with the field that's here, and you're fine. To where when you run age group for a while, <clears throat> there is no letting up. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's why I think that the age group series is going to be great to help breed and move a lot of different type of racers up, which is what the pro field needs because it is very slim right now. Right. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the hard part, which I think with doing this international or North American series, you are going to limit this uh, pro wave to a very small amount of athletes because there is not going to be a lot. I mean, you're going to see these start lines, I bet you, with maybe like 10 people in it, 12 people. Right. Yeah. Um, I think so, too. A lot of these people aren't going to be able to take the risk to travel to some of these races. And as far as like, you know, and I would think like a a women's wave would go, you know, some of them might think, well, this is a good time for me to shine an elite because there's not a lot of people doing the elite waves. And, you know, I could might could do good in a points wise, but in another way they're they may be thinking well i can't get to this race so i'll just stay in the age group series because i can attack i can get to these races easier and more affordably that's gonna that's gonna come into into a lot of situations too that's why i just don't like seeing these people it hurts my feelings i guess to see people complain about well they should be running elite or you know, you know, or Spartan should force these people up into elite. You know, I, I just, I don't believe that. And, and, and this, this is a reason why I wanted to bring you on. And, and everybody that's listening, I didn't tell Dustin anything about these questions I was asking him. I didn't say, I just told, brought him on. I said, 
dude, we're going to talk about the 2022 series. And he's like, cool. And I told him I wanted to bring him on because he's run age group and he's run elite. And I think he would have a great opinion. And he answered the question. And I'm one of these people that have been stuck between these two worlds. Right. Um, Because I, I mean, I'm not at the level of what the top pros are, but I'm right behind them even at this age but at the same time any way you slice it and you know now because you're in my age group right we're still over 40 yeah this is no damn joke i mean and anybody who is under 30 that says oh wait till you're over 40 and Mm -hmm. then we will talk right you will see what you go through every day to train and to try to figure out how to train and how to make gains at this older age there is no, there's no book for how to do this. We don't have. I mean, we're the first of the aging athletes to come through this sport. Right. I mean, Hobie right now is one of the top aging guys. Now I'm curious to see how he does coming back after two or three years out. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm I've been one of those ones. I've I've taken public beatings for running age group and running elite and bouncing back and forth and stuff. But it's one of those things that I even tell some of the guys that I work with here in town and stuff. Um, it's you're you're never going to get better unless you challenge yourself. Right. Period. And if you start running to where you're not being as challenged, then yeah, you got you have to move up. I mean, you got to keep trying to strive forward, but even though you try to strive forward, there's such a gap right now between that chase pack and the pro wave pack that, I mean, you're still, even with those pro guys out there, you're going to have a tough time cracking top 10. Right. And see, I think me and you, because you started in 2013, I started in 2015 and I started running nothing but elite in 2016. So I ran 2016, 2017, and a couple of races in 2018, I run elite. And I think me and you have a, a better perspective on this because we ran elite when that's all there was. When it was either elite or open. Elite that's or open. It. And when you showed up to a race, it's like, how many people are going to beat me today? You know, it's like we went mm-hmm. to every race pretty much and we knew that. If I get top 10, that's going to be pretty fucking badass. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's yep. like when when I, mean, I run age group, if anybody decides, hey, I missed the elite wave, I'm going to run age group because I showed up to this race, you know, where I got here late. I mean, no, I'm not going to be mad at that person. It's like you said, if somebody showed up better that day, I mean, whether they've run elite, it might be their first Spartan race and they might be the fastest man in the world. But they yep. showed up. They got in that age group wave. Can I be mad at this person because he is just a badass runner? No, I can't. And I, I, I don't like seeing the people in age group saying they should stay in elite. They should be in elite. They should move up. Spartan should make them move up. Man, we're all paying yep. the same dime to do this, you know. If Ryan Atkins wants to drop down and run age group, that's fine. But, I mean... I don't have a problem with that. That doesn't no. bother me. I'm not going to shame him because he because he does that, you know. 
And the one thing that any true athlete craves is competition. Right. And that, and any, and that's why I say true athlete, anybody who's truly there to bring the best out of themselves and the people around them know that right. that's the only way you get better is when you chase people. Yeah. And if you, if you just start going out and hammering every race and you're the Lord of the flies, yeah, you know, yeah. you're, you're not getting any better. You're just a little bit better than the slowest guy right behind you. Right. But if you have some monster to chase and to train after every day, because that's what a true athlete, that's what you think of every day in training. That's what gets you out of bed, gets your damn shoes on, gets you out in the cold every day to know that if I put five extra miles in, then this guy can. I know I can suffer a little bit more. This is what drives you to be a different athlete at a different level. Right. And if you don't have that, you're just all going to stay stagnant. Yeah. And that's what drives me crazy about when I hear this stuff. Yeah. And I mean, and you're, it's like you want Spartan to hold the elite to the standard and make them stay in the elite wave. So you're wanting them to force your competition away from you and you stay in age group forever. I mean, I just, I mean, I understand like, People want to do good. They want to get their first podium and age group. And, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. But, I mean, I don't think – there's not a good way. There's not – to me, there's not a good way to m- mandatorily make somebody stay in the elite wave. I guess, yeah, like, if you run – out in the world in general, mandates – mandate anything. There's – People, it oh, just yeah. doesn't work. I mean, the only way I could think that that could remotely be fair is if if you beat the first place elite guy and you run age group, <laughs> yeah. you know. But who's to say that it was a slow weekend? You know what I mean? I just, yeah. I mean, the only way that this bickering and and this constant debate will go away is if. We bring them both back together, and it's like savage. And guess what, people? You're going to start getting beat by the same people that were running elite because exactly. you're all going to be in the same wave. So you're still going to get beat. You yeah, know what I mean? Only, only, only the top three are pros and savage. Yeah, exactly. And everybody else is age groupers. That's right, and you're all in the same wave. Yeah. And, and I see, I guess me and you, I feel like me and you are just more humble about this this topic because, like you said, we we run elite back in the day when everybody was in the same heat, you know. I felt like my first elite race, I think I placed like 30th. And there might have been, I mean, this was way back when the elite waves were like, you know, 150, 175 people. I thought that was pretty fucking awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. you know, ecstatic on that, you know. And... Um. <laughs> My f- first year in elites, I think I ran uh, I ran open. I ran three races in open. My very first year of Spartan racing. Second year, I moved up into into the elites, and I think I was finishing. Oh my goodness! Like I finished in the nineties. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like Ohio back in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Uh, Fifteen, somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> but. Every race, I was chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. I, I can still remember my very first race that I cracked the top twenty in the the uh, 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 pro pro wave. 
and it was like holy hell i just cracked the top 20 yeah and then after i finally cracked the top 20 then all of a sudden i was in the teens almost every race and then i cracked top 15 and then i cracked the top 10 i still remember the first race i cracked top 10 i was like holy hell i just cracked top 10 and then all of a sudden you just start but that's the only way you get better is if you keep chasing people that are faster yeah. you gotta work your way down through these things yeah and but I, th- I think a lot of it is we're we come from a different age than what a lot of the younger groups do too it's true i mean um instant gratification um instant satisfaction i mean a lot of stuff that this modern age promotes is that you deserve not that you need to earn <clears throat> and that's i think some of the communication part that needs to be realized that this is one sport that it doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. It doesn't matter right. uh, how famous your family is or whatever it is. You're going to walk into the sport and you're going to get out of it exactly what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so great. But I think the ones that don't understand that are the ones that are crying about it. So it's like in, you know, the age group, every year the competition gets tougher. It, I don't think it matters what age group you're in. It, 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 the competition gets tougher every year. You know, so everybody that's listening, I mean, you're just going to have to accept that fact. I mean, you're not going to be able to win every race, you know. I guess I'm, I'm just a really humble person, you know. I I'll, my first goal is to go to these races and to have fun. When I tow that starting line, my goal is not to get first place. My goal is to do the best that I can on that day at that race. You know, burpee free, everything else is a bonus. I mean, yeah. I mean that's that's my goal. You know, when I when I end a race and I place in like whatever it is, tenth, fifteenth, twenty place, if my running was good. My obstacles were clean, and all, and I think back, where could I have saved time? And I think, you know, I really couldn't have saved any time. That was a good fucking race. That was you know a good fucking I mean? race, yeah. I mean, that was a good weekend. Exactly. I mean, I yeah. can't beat myself up because of who showed up to a race. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if yep. you're going to a race and beating yourself up because, fuck, I didn't get first place in my age group. You're beating yourself up because you had a good race. Yeah. And you need to stop it. You need to yeah. enjoy what you learned. You need to think about, you kind of need to step back and think about how my race went. Did everything go according to plan? You know, you can't beat yourself up because somebody was better on that day. Yeah. It's just, it was. That's part of life, man. It is, and that's just the way life works. Right. And that's what I it just, it, sometimes it just boggles your mind what yeah. goes through people's heads. Right. And it's like, and then the best thing is, though, is when you finally do crack that spot and you know that you're going out and you're, you tow the line and you see this person beside you that you've raced six times and this guy has whooped your ass six times. And you're like, you've been thinking about this guy, thinking about this guy, thinking about this race, and you get there. And you beat him that race, there is no better ride home in your life than what you will have that day. You sit in that car on that 
six hour ride home and you're just in bliss rerunning that race over and over again, how you finally beat this guy that right. has smoked you from the start because you've put in the work to right. get to it. And it makes that medal worth so much more. Yeah. And, and to me, honestly, like if I got first place in my age group and got it by minutes or like a landslide, it wasn't half as memorable as a race that I battled somebody to the fucking end for third place. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the competition is what makes the race good. And that's one thing about age group is when you tow the line to age group and you turn around and you look behind you and there's 80 people in there. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, that's, that's more of a, I mean, that's just more of a challenge than you, you see the people running elite and there's only like 10 or 15 guys in there and you can look at at them and you see two familiar faces and you know, they're going to blow it out of the water. I mean, that's another reason why people will probably hang back in age group. Maybe if they are ready to run elite and probably could do top 10 every race, but they've got a pretty good idea. They'll never get top three, you know, Mm -hmm. unless they just bang out a good race. You know what I mean? So plus, I mean, I'll tell you with, with the age group racers now, the top, the top five to 10 age group racers. I mean, at a regional Spartan race, you got to be probably oh, damn yeah. near a top five runner to crack oh, fuck the yeah. top of the, of the age groups. Yeah. There is no, there's nothing given away anymore at all in, in age groups. And I said, you see that now when you've come up into our age group, right? That 40 plus age group, man, it it's is tough. a lion's den. I've never, I've never, uh, gotten an age group podium at a national series race. Never. Yeah. Like somebody's always there. That's badass. And that's yes. something that us East coast, um, people, I mean, there's a lot of great guys on the West coast that we may never <clears throat> even see, you know, I know Eddie yeah. Sanchez come over here and I mean, he was kicking <laughs> our ass at some of these national series races over here. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Eddie had a good year last year. Yeah, he, he did. Man, he was gone at West Virginia, man. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I only got to race Eddie in the first race in Jacksonville. It's the first time that I met him. Didn't even know the guy. Nice guy. I'm walking through the lot, and he comes flying up with his flag. And, uh, yeah, that was the first that I, that I got to race him. I mean, I only got to really chat with him at the start line at West Virginia a couple of times, but he's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's funny. Uh, yeah. But such a good guy. Such a great racer. Fast guy. Uh, but yeah, West West Coast guys, uh, uh, Dave, um, I don't know his last name. He's uh, Dave Speed on Instagram. He's another another guy, West Coast guy, forty pluser, yeah. amazing racer. I know uh, that guy wheels real badass, and he's come over to a, quite a few races over here this year. I can't remember his last name, but I know his name's Will. He's pretty tall. He usually races with a bandana on too. He's in Bruce's age group though. Bruce and Cole's. Age oh, group. he's forty five pluser. Yeah. He's yeah. he's fast, man, real fast. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's crazy that these forty plusers, uh, even the the forty five plusers. I mean, some of those guys, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, I mean to see uh, the amount of fitness that they can still tap into. Right. Um, it's truly amazing. And and it's like, and to me, I mean, even if I felt like I had more contention to be a threat in the elite heat 
Man, it would be really hard to step up too, just because I have so many friends that run age group and so many yeah. friends that I battle with, man. And anybody that's raced with me, they know that I'm going to cheer them on, whether they're behind me or in front of me, because that's just the person I am. Because yeah. I want to race with my friends. I don't want to race with people I don't know. Because if you know everybody's name that you're racing with, it just makes it more fun. And like yeah. the, the age group itself is, I mean, it's just a cool little community. Because we all have to stand around and wait forever for age group awards. And we all become <laughs> friends. We're all, you know, friends with somebody who's friends with somebody else. And we all become even more friends. And it's just, it's a good time. Yeah, it is great. I mean, it, <clears throat> the friendships that you make, um, I know even up at the Worlds this year, up in Stratton, when I got to see uh, Mike, um, I, I can never pronounce his last name, Higuera? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you know Mike. He's a 45-pluster. Uh, oh, so fun to race him. I'm sure so I great know to see him. Um, but a lot of these guys from the West Coast, that's the first time I got to see him in like two years. It, we, it was just like we just seen each other the day before. I mean, you just pick right back up and it's absolutely amazing. The bonds that you make throughout these races, especially with the age group guys. Mm. Um, so yeah, hopefully this stuff, once the season starts, all this stuff will smooth out. It's I'm, I'm sure it's a very small portion of the age group racers that have an issue with this when it comes to yeah. podium stuff and that. I just want everybody um, to get along, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want everybody to get along. And just want the spirit of this sport to rise to the top. And that right. is competition I agree. and fellowship. And, and what's that old saying? Rising tide raises all boats. Uh, it's the same sort of thing. I mean, the, the harder people work around you, it brings everybody else up to a, to a different level. Right. And in racing, that's what you need to be. I mean, in, in life in general, that's what you need to be. I right. mean, you, you're going to get gobbled up if you stand still and you don't change. Yeah. And, and I guess that's kind of what I want to preach to everybody who thinks that people should be forced to do something, you know, Somebody might have had a bad off season and they don't feel they're ready to run an elite series and they might want to drop back. They might have gained 10 pounds during Thanksgiving like I fucking did. You know, I mean, so, I mean, just go to the race in a good mindset, you know. Just go there to do the best you can. Don't go there aiming for, I'm going to get first place. This is the race I've been, you know, I've been training for, I'm ready for it. This is my race. I mean, if you, I mean, I, I understand that that's the way people think and, and they live off that. I get that. But when that doesn't work and you come out of a race disappointed, you may want to take a different mindset and take a step back and just say, I'm coming to this race to do the best that I can. If you go to a race to do the best that you can, you'll never walk away from the race disappointed. You know what I'm saying? And, and plus one of those things in your heart of hearts, if you're going into a race and you know, and you're telling you, I, you've worked so hard. And if you truly did, if you've put in more time than everybody else, grittier workouts, you never skipped any, 
you were out in the freezing rain and out in the freezing snow and you did everything to a T, you're going to win. Right. There is no, but if you don't, guess what? Apparently, maybe the other guy might have worked a little bit harder. Right. I mean, if you truly put in the work, that's what's great about this sport. Yeah. You get out of it what you put into it. And that's what you don't see a lot of these top guys, how much time they put in day in, day out. And not just with their training, with their diet, with, I mean, stretching. And there's so many different things to it. Well, I mean, you're going to get to a point in this sport whenever, when you can gain five to 10 seconds, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, Christ, I lost the first place race at Greek Peak in 2020. Uh, I was fourth place. I lost first place by four seconds. Wow. That was a tight race. There was four of us. I remember that. that Y'all had that on video too, didn't you? Yeah. I remember that. We posted it up. There was four of us coming over the, coming over the net. There was two right in front and me and, uh, I forget the guy I was running against tall, big dude. My God, his stride was enormous. Yeah. But four seconds in that race, I went over that race. (laughs) <laughs> 10,000 times where the hell could I have made up four seconds you mm. could find four seconds when you sneeze mm. I mean and that's what some of these races are going to come down to so it's and that's the stuff that those are the races that you'll never forget right I mean that's the stuff that I mean as a true athlete that's what you just you crave those finishes those type of races those ones that I mean it's it comes down to who's willing to let it all out there Who's willing to run so far above their fitness that they have no right to be where they're at and they're running on pure guts. Right. That's where you need to be. And that's just, there's a lot of people that aren't willing to go to that place or they don't know where it's at yet and they need to keep searching and find it. Mm, I agree. So, so like, when, when in 2019, when you decided to chase the national series, like, what made you what made you make that decision, Dustin? <laughs> this is gonna be a little bit of a funny story. Uh, I forget what it was. The reason I decided to test some fitness, I was feeling really well. Uh, I was training well over the winter, and seeing Jacksonville was up, and I never flew to a race yet. I mean, I've never oh, actually wow. flew to travel to a race. So I decided, well, I'm going to give this race a shot. Um, I'm going to do these first two national series races in the age group to kind of see where I'm at. So I flew down to Jacksonville, uh, raced at, and actually uh, won that race. And I was like, oh, great. Well, maybe I'm, I'm already – I have a buddy that lives over uh, by Mobile. So I'm going to go and visit him at the next race, and then I'm done for the, for the series. And believe it or not, uh, after I won that race, I was heading to the you airport. You failed your spear that was. race, too. What, what's that? You failed your spear that race, too. Alabama. That was in Alabama. Yeah. Because you yeah. were done with your burpees when I made my spear and come by the burpee pit. Because you got up and we chatted. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, damn, Dustin just did 30 burpees and I've been running clean up to this point and he's walking off from me right now. <laughs> well, after Jacksonville, when I decided, uh, actually, uh, Kevin Donahue is the one that talked me into doing the rest of the series. Uh, he said, you already won one. You're ahead of the game. 
go for the rest of it. So, and I'm one of those people that if, if I'm going to put the money and I actually had some local sponsors help me out with the flights and stuff to get to these places, Sweet. if I'm going to have people put money on the line for me, I'm going to win. And I'm not, I'm not, there's no excuses. There is no, the, I am going there to win. And that race, I was there to win. And when I missed that spear in that first mile, I went into panic mode. So that was just pure guts. Well, it paid off. It did. Actually, yeah, I got back in first place at that race about another half mile down the, down the way from that and was able to, to pull that race out. I like yeah, that, that race. A lot of people didn't like that race, but it was a cool race to me. I like that Alabama venue, even though a lot of people don't. I did too. I mean, it was, it was rough. I mean, it was, it was, uh, which made it kind of nice. I mean, that's the way Spartan used to be. Yeah. Um, rough terrain. It wasn't packed paths and all that. I mean, it was, it was true racing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I liked it down there too. It's just a shame that there was nothing around it. But, yeah, absolutely not. But yeah, yeah. 2019 series was, that was fun. Um, that, that, that was a fun series, but goes back to thank goodness hopefully this year with that age group series the the fellas and the gals that win it hopefully they get the recognition that they truly are supposed to get because these are the people this is what spartan needs to see which is nice that they're ponying up and putting some prizes i mean even though it's not money or anything else at least it's something these people go to these races, travel to these races. This is all out of their pocket. Right. They are not making race winnings at all anywhere. Yep. Everything Nobody's they're doing getting a free is, season pass or nothing like that. We're doing no, it because we love it. To, yes. And they have to pay for all this stuff. They have to pay for their rental car, their food. They got to pay their way there and back. Plus, they got to work every day of the week. Yep. So they can pay for this stuff, but then train like a pro athlete at the same time to earn these spots. And I know the year that I chased a series that, that, that I wanted, there was a lot of us that went through it. We didn't even that final race, of the series, they never even said who won the series or nothing. There was nothing, Yeah. not even a pat in the ass, nothing. But didn't and, they, didn't they send you, didn't you get one of the triangle wedges or something like that? Yes. About yeah. two and a half months later, they mailed got, it to you. A triangle wedge in the mail that, yeah, yeah, for our placement, which I guess is better than nothing. But <laughs> as you know, as an age grouper, you run purely <laughs> for the bragging rights of being the top age grouper. I mean, because there's nothing else that, that we get. We don't get any other prizes. We don't get any other money or anything else. You run because you're fighting for those top spots. You want to be the top dog in that age group. Right, and so hopefully this year the age groupers will get what they what they should be getting, and getting a little bit of uh, social media posts, and just getting a little bit getting out there a little bit more than what Spartan has done in the past few years. Yeah, and I think I think they probably I think they probably will. But let me ask you something: like, yeah. let's say, like knowing what you know now, knowing that. You didn't get any recognition, and all you were going to get was that wedge in the mail. Would you have still done it? Uh, 2019, yes. Yeah. I would have done it. I mean, that I that would have done that no matter what. That 
I, you got to work your way into these things. And that was, I wanted to see if I could prove to myself that I was the best 40 to 44 year old Spartan racer in the nation. Right. And I mean, even though it wasn't out there or anything else, I hold that close to my heart. That's my title that I earned that year. Now, 2021, we, because 2020 went to hell. Right. <laughs> so we didn't really have a series there. Yeah, we still count. 2021 yeah. starts and go to Jacksonville. I ran the elite race on Saturday. And then I ran the only age group race that I ran was Sunday down in Jacksonville. Right. And I won that. And that's the reason I stopped there. And I just switched over because I, I mean, I was already in the driver's seat with that one. And I think what, we had to do, uh, uh, what, four or five races? Yeah, it was all uh, five, wasn't it? Or was it four? I can't remember. Yeah, I forget. But, I mean, I, I could have. I think I only would have had the fly for one race. Right. Um, the rest of them, like West Virginia and stuff, Asheville, I could have all done here in the West Coast or the East East Coast. But, like I said, that wasn't in part of the cards. I mean, I did that in 19. The recognition wasn't there, and I wanted to try to move more into the Elite Series to kind of see – which, and for me too, with it's different. That's the thing with with a forty pluser, our our mindset's a little bit different. The way we take each season. I don't know if you started this yet or not. Um, we never know how we're going to run this year. Yeah, I mean it's not like we're thirty years old and we're training and we're building every year slowly, slowly, slowly. Right. Every year, I'm training through the winter, and it's it's horrible. I mean, it, you, oh, I you have so many workouts going south on you. You can't hit certain times, this and that. So you go into the season not knowing whether you have it anymore or not. I mean, we're at, at the age that, I mean, you can wake up one day and you just, you don't have the edge that you had the prior year. So you never know moving into this season, like this season right now. I don't know whether I'm still going to have the wheels that I had last year. Last year, I had no idea I was going to have the wheels that I did. Until I started racing that first first race or two, yeah. and I was like, "Oh!" And so, so yeah. It's, when it comes to the, the age group of stuff, especially with these older guys and stuff, people have to be patient with. Them. Yeah, I mean, it's just we're still feeling this stuff out too. It's <laughs> it, it, it's tough being older and doing these things. Right. I mean, we just kind of go with the flow, you know. Like like I said, man, it, it, everybody can have a bad day in OCR. Yes. You know what I mean? Even Ryan Atkins had a bad day at Asheville on in series, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it happens. I mean, everybody the, has. Yeah. I mean, there's not a single race that you've done that has been alike. There's yeah. always unknowns, even if you race the day before. I mean, you you don't know what's going to happen, you know. It's mm-hmm. That's why I just think people need to I think people need to change. Some people need to change their mindset on obstacle racing to make it more enjoyable to themselves. It's it's like I asked you if you would have still did that series, knowing you were going to get the same thing, you know, as you did. Would you still mm-hmm. do it? And you said yes. And the reason why you said yes, and the same reason why I probably would have said yes, is because I enjoy doing this, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Whether I get an extra medal or I won money, if I was running elite, I've never won money running elite, so don't take that out of hand. Just just for example here, you know, I mean, 
I would run the race anyway because I enjoy doing this. You see what I'm saying? Like, I race both days because I want to race as many races that I can get to as many times as I can. I'm not going to go through this long training block and skip this race because I want to do really well at this race. (laughs) No, that's not me. I'm an age group racer. At the end of the day, if I have a good race, all I got was an extra medal. And I'm not belittling that medal at all. I'm just saying that I'm not going to skip a race that I can get to and do and have a great time and hang out with my friends because I can do good at another race. See what yep. I'm saying? I and, enjoyed. Uh, you just ca- categorized like two to three different seasons that I've had over the past since 2018. Yeah. Uh, 2018 season for me was what you just said. Mm-hmm. I'm out there. I'm racing as many possible races as I can, having a blast, doing everything. Right. And then in 2019, I changed my focus because I had a goal. I had a singular goal in mind, which was once I raced that first race in Jacksonville, was I wanted to be the national age group champion in my age group. Right. So then everything changed, and I only did the races that I needed to because I needed those training blocks between each race to build myself up to it. Right. And sort of the same thing here in 21. I had one singular goal in 21, which was to go to OCR Worlds and win that. And I skipped a lot of races and only did one race each weekend at a lot of places because of that. But that was my goal for those two years is I have this angle that I need to get to and I can't do it if I'm racing every weekend. But if you're going out to have fun and stuff, then expect that. And like you just said, you expect to go out there and you're not going to be able to be at top fitness and peak fitness every race, every week weekend right and and you know it which is great and that's what people need to see i mean you need to pick one or the other right and and that's another thing is is you have some of these age group people and elite people too it's not but they they run and race you know every two weeks or every Mm -hmm. month and then they get upset with themselves because they didn't perform the way they wanted to perform well guess what you're racing too much Exactly. See, me, on the other hand, I want to race a lot. And a lot of age group people are the same way. But I guess my point is, is don't beat yourself up because you didn't perform the way you wanted to perform when you're racing as much as you are. Exactly. Me, I'd rather get fourth place at five races than get first place at one race. See what I'm saying? I I want to travel. I want to experience it. You know, I'd rather take my lumps and have a good time than only go to one race and have a good time. You see what I'm saying? And that's what a lot of racers, especially age group racers, need to see. Uh, The the elite racers, not so much, because they have their seasons planned out from day one and their goals and their phases that they need to hit throughout their entire season. I mean, and that makes sense, you know, because... They think that, oh, this is how it's supposed to be done. But they go out and race constantly, and it wears them out. Yeah. I mean, and, and that right there, too, is another difference between, you know, the age group and some of the, I would say, the top elites, not all top of the elites. elites. Yeah. You know, like the ones that are actually like Spartan pro team members are the ones that could have been but chose not to. I, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, they're trying to win the series. You know, they're, they have a goal 
and they're trying to get big money, and I totally understand that. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not belittling that at all. I mean, it makes perfect sense. I'm, mm-hmm. But when you're running age group, you know, and I guess if you want to win the age group series like you're talking about, there's nothing wrong with that too. I'm talking yeah. like to the people that aren't. You see yeah, what I'm saying? You have to know your path and know your place. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I guess. And, and that's the shame of it. And that's what you know. You know exactly what to expect out of your races. And right. you're giving up top finishes because you want to race a lot. You yeah. want to be able to be in with everybody and see everybody on the weekends and stuff. And you know that you can't have the best of both worlds. And that's what a lot of these racers need to figure out, especially these age group guys and gals. They need to, they need to figure out what you want out of your racing. And like you're saying, you want that great time. You want to come, you want to be with everybody, which you can still do on the other end, but not as much. And if you want to be at the top of your sport and the top of your age group, you need to buckle down. Right. I mean, there's some coaches out there that say you shouldn't be racing more than two or three races a year. And that's lame to me. And here's yeah, why. Well, yeah, but if you got a singular goal in mind, right? Then I mean, maybe yes, but but yeah. But here's but you and need he, the pick. You you can't have everything. I agree. But here's uh. I mean, there's there's two things to that. Yes, if you want to be good, you want to be on your A game. Speed-wise, you'll probably run your fastest race ever. But to me, experience pays off. Yes. I say, like, if, if you want to, like, if you have a goal in mind, say, I want to do good in a national series one year, but I'm new to the sport and I haven't done a lot of races. That first year that you've come to the sport – you need to do as many races as you can and get as much as experience as you possibly can. You need yes. to be able to flow through these obstacles. You need to be able to come up to that obstacle and attack it and not walk up to it, shake out your hands, take a couple of deep breaths before you start the obstacle. No, you need to race. Like I mean, I think you need to do a lot of races on that first year. Get that experience in. Know what to expect know how to bounce back after something bad happens in a race. Then that next season, pick out your A races and a, and train for them as follows. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And to, to put this out there, I am a shining uh, uh, example of that right there. Yeah. And because a lot of other things I hear about all these 5K times and stuff, that you, you know, you, you can't finish here. You can't be a top regional guy or top 10 yeah. guy unless you're running, what, sub 16, 16 and a half 5Ks and stuff. Would it shock you that I have never ran a sub, a full 5K under 18 minutes? I mean, I've never ran one under 20. <clears throat> but I've beat people on a Spartan race that can do it every single time they run a 5K. Exactly. I know. I've, I've raced against people that can run sub-15s. Yeah. But I can't run under 18. And you know but, what that is, man? It's fucking experience. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Even though, I, I mean, I can still regional races, I can snag podiums, and I can hang with a lot of these guys. Yeah. And it is because of that, because of the experience of getting through the monkey bars and the rope and just the way to come in and out of things and to suffer. Right. I mean, that's another thing that yeah. is, a, is a bigger thing is a lot of these, a lot of the races that I do well at too are like the ones with kind of really shitty weather and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of people can't suffer. 
it's like you've almost it's like you've learned I can go through these obstacles redlining. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that's what a lot of these younger guys and younger athletes need to see because they only see a lot of these top pros that are throwing up these times that are sub 16 minute 5Ks and all this other stuff. And it's like, no, they're weak. You can still, I mean, you're not going to be able to run up against BJ and those guys and not be able to run under 17 minutes in a 5K. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen. But you can still hold your own pretty damn well and still make gains and not be a sub 18-minute 5K. Right. I mean, it helps, but the experience helps out tremendously. Yeah, and confidence on and running over technical terrain is, you yes. know, I mean, that's a, that's another, you know, experience thing in itself. Like, if you're doing all your running on the streets and not hitting yeah. the trails at all, don't expect to see those street times on the trail. It's not going to happen, well, especially I, I in a Spartan race. my bigger strengths because a lot of my training I do, I do out in the actual cornfields behind my house. Right. And I can hang on to a much higher um, – percent of my high-end speed for a longer duration of time out in this crappy terrain because i always run in it it's right. not different to me <clears throat> to where a lot of people have i mean look one guy on paper should demolish spartan race and that's rich ryan yeah. his times i mean what the hell did he run a, a 10 miler in like 50 minutes and some change mark battress I mean, is fast as shit mark, too yeah insane yeah but the technical running they just can't grasp it as well and hold on to that speed for a long time over technical terrain yeah so it's one of those things even though you don't have the genes on that end of it well do a workaround start start suffering a lot more and work the shit end of the stick and you'd be surprised how far you can get yeah I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's uh, it's like there's so many facets to this sport. Nobody's going to be a master of all of them and be on their top game at every race. It'll never happen. Yeah. Never. There's some freaks out there, and like I said Atkins is one of them. That, right. You know, and it and it, it it's it's tough because a lot of people see what he's doing and think that they there's there's very there's probably only ten people on this earth that can heal and do what Atkins can, can do with oh, the yeah. volume. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. He's such an out, outlier with a lot of things. And, but a lot of these younger racers and stuff have to see that's, I mean, that's a whole different ball game. You need to work up to that. Yeah. That and wasn't built overnight. Yeah. <laughs> no, that takes time. Yeah. Years and years and years and years. So, but you just got to do the best with the tools that you got. Yeah. And and it's like Dustin said before we started getting on this, we're not trying to ruffle any feathers. No. I guess what I mean what I'm trying to say is is people just need to, you know, be understanding to what Spartan tries to do and what they changes. And I don't agree with everything they do. You know, I'm I'm on, I'm I'm here with Dustin saying that it is gonna be hard for people to internationally travel and it might only be the top dogs and the elites that get to do that. But I do think it's great that they're including Canada and Mexico as well. I mean, that's an awesome, you know, that's an awesome thing that they did. And even going to Abu Dhabi, which is something yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do, but just that they're branching out the race to different countries and giving the other countries opportunities to, you know, 
put their hat in the ring when they can't afford to always get to the U.S. I think that's great. You know, and I was really hurt personally. I mean, when, when they separated, when they said, we're going to do this age group. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks because I'm so used to running an elite and all my friends run an elite. And now some of them are going to go to age group and some of them are going to go to elite and I'm not going to be able to race with my friends. You know, and I ended up settling to age group too because it just seemed like more my speed there because there's always people, you know, more faster guys are running in the elite wave, of course, and I couldn't hang with them. And I've made friends through age group, and I think it's great what the, the result has ended up being. But in another way, I hate seeing the elite wave so small. And I, and I, and I think a lot of the, the, the pro members, they don't like that either. And I know we have this EQC, which is, which is garbage. If you think somebody earns their EQC, that means they need to go to elite and stay in elite. You're wrong because it's, it's top five in age group. Like sometimes there won't even be five women in an age group that run an age group. So you're telling me that that means that they have to go to elite and stay there? That's that's not right. It's not right at all. I mean, especially in the in the older age groups, there might only be one or two women in an older age group. So, I mean, you, you can't I mean, I understand what they were trying to do with the EQC, but I feel like that failed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't promote the, the elite side of the racing. It's not bringing in the racers that right. it needs. Um, another few years, and they're going to get everything figured out, and the, the age group, is it, it's going to be a good thing because it's going to breed much better racers in the long run. Right. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. we got so many young guys coming up. Uh, there's a lot of great young racers that I've raced against in, in the age groups and in the uh, pro, pro wave. Right, uh, that they're just so much talent and they have so much time to work on things. And, and there's, it's going to be an amazing sport in another five to six years. It's just going to keep getting better. And, I agree. and hopefully the age groups, it just keeps breeding all these younger guys and stuff and breeding people to, to groom them to be ready for the that pro wave. Um, it's just going to take some time to build into it. I think is what it is. I mean, cause we've only had what we've had the EQC for what, two years now, three years, take 2020 out of it. And it's maybe, only been two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and so I understand this is still a, a, a baby uh, that's, that's being grown up yet. Right. And I understand what they tried to do with it. Cause they didn't want to see people signing up for the elite heat at a national series race. And then the women passing them, like a mile into it. And I mean, I get that. I mean, that makes sense. But in the same year where you entered the EQC, you also had an elite season pass. It was $200 more than the age group pass. So if somebody was on the fence about staying in age group or going to elite, guess what? They saved $200 and they stayed in age group and didn't worry about the EQC at all. You know what I mean? In a perfect world, and I, and me personally, I hope that after 2022, and I think 2022 is going to be great given COVID doesn't, you know, mess with things again, you know, or hurt races and hurt yeah. people's travel to races, you know, because Canada is still kind of 
you know, they're kind of strict on their travel as well. I hope that Spartan will combine these heats. And instead of having an EQC, maybe change the EQC to where it qualifies you for the first wave that goes out. And the way, and I'm just throwing this out here, if you place, if you have a time that is, say, good enough for top 10, on that race, that qualifies you to go to apply for the first wave and put the first wave as men and women together and maybe have a cap on it as 150 maybe to kind of, that way it won't be too congested out on the obstacles. And then behind that, you have your other waves follow up behind. And the other waves up behind, I mean, you could do your standard age groups just to keep, you know, the flow better. But, and just say like, let's say that you do have that code to qualify for the first wave. If you waited until the last minute, it's fine. You have to run in one of those later waves. But you have to race different because you're not going to see who you're up against. But that first wave is also doing the exact same thing because they don't know if Ryan Atkins signed up late and he's in that back wave. Yeah. And then everybody gets gets awarded age group medals, but that might hurt some feelings because those people that normally run elite that are in your age group, guess what? They just got your medal. Same thing as Savage. I mean, Savage, if Savage can do this, And it works. I feel like Spartan can do it too. Even though the Spartan waves are bigger, you can do this in multiple waves. It works, and I feel like everybody could be happy. Yeah, that's the the only thing that makes the biggest difference between Savage and Spartan is just the sheer size. I got to run two Savage races for the first time this year. Yeah. Uh, Loved them. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you only have a quarter to a third of the racers that you would have at a normal Spartan race. Yeah. Um, which I know, with but then the, you have congestion at the obstacles because people are retrying. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it works with the amount of people that they have gone through. I think if they would get the numbers that Spartan would get, I mean, once you're cracking four or 5,000 people, I just don't think it, it would get too bad. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, but I think something, I mean, the very first year the age group came out, that I've seen that would help probably with a lot of this stuff with a lot of the age group people uh, and with the pro wave is turn it into a true pro wave. I mean, that's what's going to end, end up happening. That's, you're going to get a cap of that first wave out. Men and women should go out at the same time. Exactly. Probably be the top, the top 20. So you have a wave of 40 people rolling out and it's the top 20 ath- athletes at that race that day. Um, and then you move into the age groups and I know it'll be a little bit tougher, but it'll be easier now with, especially with like Jack Bauer, with all of his stats and stuff that he has. Yeah. They have a database of this stuff, and you take the top age groups, not age groups, but top age groupers, and they are the first ones out. Because when you got the top age groupers going at it, that's <clears throat> what you need. Because um, whenever you get stuck and you're putting out the fifty plusers with all the fourteen to seventeen year olds. Right. And they're out in the first wave. 
and then you got uh, the 40 pluses coming through two ways behind we i mean in some races every time i felt horrible because you're smashing through people because they are they're walking they're just they're not at that level yet to be racing racing Right, but yet they're in the age groups, and you feel horrible because you're plowing through them, you're smacking them, you're trying to give them a heads up. Late in the races, they just get tired and they can't get out of the way. Yeah, and it's tough. And then you're jumping off the course, risking rolling ankles and all that. To where if you could take the top fifty age groupers, men and women, and throw them out that first wave of the age groups, and then just start with the wave after wave of the rest of them rest of the age groupers and then you can work your way up to that first wave yeah and and get out that would probably take a lot of pressure off of the age group waves uh with a lot of the backups a lot of the people getting run over and and all that plus it would raise the tide with all the other racers because you'd be pitted up against the best racers no matter what age group is and yeah. you're all pushing each other even harder because you're all neck and neck yeah you know, and you know, back in the day when it wasn't nothing but elite heat, they had what was it like a three hundred or two hundred and fifty person cap, and you yep. signed up early. And if you didn't make sign up, guess what? You were running open unless you knew somebody that knew somebody, and you might be able to get away with it getting and slid that didn't in. Even work. I remember Palmerton two thousand seventeen. I think that year in the elites, I was ranked at like by year end. I think I was at like sixty fifth or seventieth. Yeah. And I could not get into the elite heat at the Palmerton race. Oh, man. And I'd signed up too late. It was already filled up. And there was no way I had to sit and watch. So, I mean, that's how... That, that, it's crazy how much th things have changed since since then. Huh? Yeah. Well, Dustin, man, we're already on like an hour and a half here. I didn't think mm. we'd go an hour talking on this, but we're so passionate about this fucking sport. Yes, and the people and everything else. We just, it's one of those things. But like you say, like you said before, it's not that trying to beat up on anybody or anything else. Yeah. You just want everybody to get the experience that they're supposed to out of this sport. And that is fellowship and competition. Yeah. I mean, and, and all you age group people out there, we're not pros. We're in this to have fun. I say, change your mindset and try to focus on doing your best. And enjoying the race. And I guarantee you, you'll have a better race whether you place well or not. And, yeah. like, if you didn't like or agree with something that me and Dustin said, everybody's got an opinion, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. So, mm -hmm. And the other thing is, and on Scott's view, that's for the fun part. On my side of it, I've moved into that trying to perform and place. If that's your goal, make it your goal. Go in with that mindset. Train with that mindset. And look at the people around you that are where you want to be. See what they're doing and realize how much more time and how much work you have to put into it. And you will get there. Right. But don't go and expect to have it handed to you. It's not going to happen. Right. you got to earn it. That's right. And and. And it's like we were saying earlier, at that, you know, race that, you know, Dustin's saying, if you trained hard for this race, you get to this race and everything goes according to plan and you were just outrun, you can't beat yourself up and be down and hard on yourself because you had a great race, but somebody showed up that was just better than you on that day. 
You yep. might beat that person at the next race. <clears throat> yep. And for me, that's that's nothing but fuel for the furnace. That's right, man. Because that's what, whenever, as soon as you finish that race and you get back home from all that traveling, that Monday when you get up and you, for me, I train every day at lunch. When I go out on my lunch break, that's all I have in my mind is that guy that beat me. <clears throat> How much more time? I know I can suffer more than him. I know I can put the more hours in. You just do it. And that's why I said, when you get to these races and if you're in your heart of hearts, you truly know that you've put the time, the energy, the effort, it will come see. and you will, you will have it. But that's what it comes down to. You see a lot of these top age groupers, pros, whatever it is, they put the time in. It's amazing how much work these people put in. Yep. And you think that you're working hard. Guess what? There's always somebody working work harder. A little bit harder. That's right. You know, and when I see somebody like that, man, they just totally wax my ass in a race. I'll be like, I bet I can eat more fucking cake than them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that, that one year, uh, South Carolina, you came as late in the season. You, yeah, I'm ready for this race. I'm fat and sassy. Yeah. And, oh, I remember that. And I thought that is the best late season. That's perfect. Fat and sassy. That, that's what happens late in the season. That's right. You were absolutely right about that. <laughs> So, Dustin, what is your goals for 2022, man? What's your plans? Uh, well, they were <laughs> totally jumping over to the Elite National Series and running that just probably like my last hurrah to kind of see where I could land in the Elites. But with <laughs> this uh, new North American um, Elite Series, uh, there's a bunch of different things for me, especially with being three beasts and two super supers. Um it's, it's no secret that beasts just aren't my jam. I just don't have that distance in me. Um, so it's going to kind of kill me for that. So, uh, so I don't know what I'm doing yet. Um, I know I'm going to Jacksonville. Uh, I'm already signed up in the elite side, so I don't know what's going on there with the age group thing now and stuff, which I don't know. The, 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 the savage thing seems kind of neat. Oh yeah. They're serious. Um, yeah, it does. Yes. I started looking at that and thought, well, I mean, I really enjoyed the Savage races that I ran uh, last year. So <clears throat> that might be on the docket. Maybe try to chase that series, see if I can uh, land in the top 10 there or something. Sweet. And um, Indian Mud Run for sure. If anybody out there wants to go and race true, I mean, perfect OCR the way it was originally birthed. Go run Indian Mud Run. I've heard nothing but good things about that race. That is, I'm telling you, that is the way. Back in the day, Wintergreen. Anybody who's ever run that race thought how epic that terrain was, how rough. It doesn't hold a candle to Indian Mud Run. I mean, that race. <clears throat> I ran that race this year. It was the first race I went for a warm up. The day before, ran into the woods. I made it 200 meters, turned back around, and I'm like, I'm going to get hurt just <laughs> on this warm-up run. <laughs> I need to get out of here. I mean, that terrain, the obstacles, everything. Hubie has a beautiful mind. Um, so, yeah, that's on the docket's 10-year anniversary this year. So oh, cool. I think he's hoping to squeeze 100 obstacles into wow. this eight-mile course. When is that race? That is, I think, in early June, mid-June. Cool. Um, so, awesome race. And then, uh, for me, probably all roads lead to Stratton. 
uh, defend my age group world titles. Hell yeah. Well, cool, so. man. Uh, um, I got one more question, Dustin, man, and I'll let you go, I promise. Okay. So, I know I've gone through and asked you all the the same questions I ask everybody at the end of the show, but since this is your second time coming on, I just want to ask you today, what has been your most memorable moment in the sport? Oh, most memorable moment in the sport. Probably. Besides that time you shit your pants in the middle of a race. What's, what's that? Besides that time you shit your pants in the middle of a race. Yeah, besides that time I shit my pants in the race. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. That I know. The most memorable moment that I keep going back to, and it's not even me, is um, it's going to be hard to say that they don't talk about this too. It was Ohio back in 2018, I think. Uh, Colby was running the beast. And he finished the race so proud of him. I think it was his first beast he ran by himself um, without me running with him. And he um, came over to the edge, said hi to me, and he went over was talking to a bunch of people that he was running around and stuff. And this guy came up to me and said, is, is that your boy? I'm like, yeah. He goes, He's an amazing kid. He got me through this race. Oh, wow. That's cool. <clears throat> and there's nothing prouder than that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably my <clears throat> favorite moment. That's a cool That's a cool thing that you've taken. I mean, out of all the races that you've done, out of all the accomplishments that you've had in this sport, man, that you that, that was like – you know, your most memorable moment, man, that just speaks for what an awesome person you are, man, and an awesome father, man. Thanks for sharing well, he, that. I mean, that's one of those things that um, you just don't hear that about kids today. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, sorry, it's hard to talk about that shit sometimes. Hey, man. <laughs> man, that's, but that's your boy, man. Yeah, I mean, very that's very proud very proud dad moment and it's that's that's the true essence of this sport and that's what people all the complaint they need to just break it down to that's what it is this just brings it hopefully this needs to bring out the best in people it doesn't man. matter your age young old doesn't matter man and, it, um it, yeah it's awesome you know like you you've you know you've been running these races with your son and bruce running with his sons man i always yeah. just smile when i see pictures of like you and your son and it's the end of the race photos and bruce with his two sons i'm just thinking man that's just a cool proud dad moment right there like a cool family moment you know yeah it's uh it's something that um it's it's stuff that like i said i, I wish i could bottle it up and hand it out to people just so they could experience it. Because yeah. um, it's stuff that you don't normally get. And that's what these races will, will when you find that in the races, that's when you've, <clears throat> you've truly found what you're looking for. And uh, all the little stuff kind of fades away. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Bruce's, Bruce's kids, amazing kids. And I know Colby, uh, he's, he was pretty close with, with Dom and, and Vinny and stuff, so yeah. it's uh, and it's 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 a great sport, man. It's so. the it's the memories like that is 
and the shit like that, the stories like that, that's the stuff that makes me want to go to as many races as I can. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's what's so great about this sport. I'm really anxious to see the kind of grown-ups this sport is going to breed. Right. Because I got, as, as a young person, could you imagine traveling up and down the East Coast with your mom and dad running in the mud, Spartan races and stuff? Oh, man, it'd been and epic. How crazy would, would that be to have those mem- memories of, of that growing up? Right. And... I and mean, then the people that they get to meet, the people that they get to be around, you're not just sheltered in your little area because we're from a very rural, um, back out of the way place. Yes, yeah, I mean, we get to go to the big cities, we get to meet all kinds of people. It's it's great for young people. Yeah, and just think like when when y'all are old, you know, and just sitting around the table, and y'all just be able to rehash like these old race stories, man. Just think of how enjoyable that'll be, man. One day. You know, the the one thing <laughs> when it comes to that I've thought about is when I'm like 70, my grandkids then will hopefully be damn near 20 or so. And they, they come rooting through the house and they find a box with all of these medals and all of these trophies and shit in it. And then they come up and ask, what the hell is this? And at 70 some years old, start telling them the stories about what their decrepit old pap did. It was something I wasted a lot of money on kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's a few of them that hopefully are going to be passed down to the family. Uh, a few of these medals that carry a lot of pride that, uh, hopefully the kids will, will definitely keep and it'll, it'll travel through, through the generations. So. Hell yeah, man. Well, like I said, y'all, go back and listen to episode 49. I don't even remember what we talked about. It's been so long ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But, uh, Dustin, tell people where they can, like, follow you on Instagram or Facebook and all that jazz. And if they need some uh, a house painted. <laughs> Instagram is livinggoodocr, and Facebook is just my name. So, nothing great. I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm really not that great on social media. I kind of go in spurts. So I haven't really done anything in a while, so. It's cool, man. It's cool. We'll forgive you. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm old. I don't know how to use that stuff as well. <sighs> I know. I feel like I'm just barely making it through what I do do on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Dustin, man, yeah. I, I appreciate your time, man, and I thoroughly enjoyed this chat, brother. Hey, same here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Scott. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank Dustin again for taking time to talk to us. And, guys, it was just me and Dustin talking. This is our opinion. So, I mean, if, if you don't agree, that's okay. I mean, you don't have to be mad at us. We're not mad at anybody else that's got a difference of opinion. This is just me and him shooting the shit. Uh, I brought him on because me and him kind of have the same background in the sport. He's d- done it a lot longer than me, but we both ran elite. When age group come out, we both run age group. Then he goes more towards elite side, and I stay in age group. So we kind of have the same perspective, but in a different in a different view towards 2022. So I was really happy with how the episode went, and I hope you enjoy it too. Um, I won't be in Jacksonville. I will be at Charlotte and Conyers, planning on New Jersey too as well. Uh if you see me in any of those races, come up to me and say what's up. Surely I'll have another episode before any of those races. 
Anyway, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, we will see you at the next race. Peace. Thank you.